Father, we we thank you for today. Um, we thank you for life. We are here to to break bread, to share your word, and I pray, Lord, that um, the conversations we'll be having would bring life, not just to us, but to everyone who would listen to this conversation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, uh, you said you've been praying about the the just as I am him. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, what's what has the experience been like for you? For as a funny thing, I remember the day, the last conversation we had, the day you told me about the hymn we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Immediately after that conversation, I I went to <clears throat> check it out, and I had an encounter with Lord um, while I was reading the story of Charlotte Elliot um, and how the inspiration behind the hymn. And while I was reading about it, I I started to cry and I was praying, you know, and talking to God and the Lord actually gave me a hymn. (laughs) I wrote a hymn from that experience. Very interesting, you know. Um, One of the things, or the major thing that um, stuck out to me was and that was actually what inspired the hymn that I wrote as well was how her pain and her sickness became useful to the Lord and that was my heart cry I was like God let my pain let my distress let it become useful to you you know what led her to um, that point in her life what led her to write this poem or this hymn that has touched the lives of thousands, if not millions of people, was that she was suffering. But that suffering became the tool in the hand of God to bring hope to generations. It's, it's, it's been two cent- almost two centuries since she wrote it, and it's still bringing life you know, to everyone. And it, my prayer kept um, from that day on was God, let my pain, let my sorrow be useful. Let it yield fruit. You know, let it not just be about me um, dwelling on my pain. And eventually there is nothing, um, nothing comes out of my pain. It's just useless. I remember even talking to a friend um, a couple days ago and talking about how, um, no, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was telling this friend about how it would be so sad if my wilderness was a waste and I did not utilize it inefficiently. Um, so this is on the one hand. On the other hand, the the hymn itself, just as I am, I kept thinking about it, and I was like, God has to start from somewhere. Because mm-hmm. someone might say, ah, you don't just want to come to God just as you are. You want to, you know, some people take advantage of that and just... Um, the, the, they're so disrespectful in their approach to God. They're sort of like a dicycle. They don't. They don't really think things through. They don't. They just come and do whatever they like, just because it says just as I am. So that's the excuse of who say, I say no. We're not doing just as we are, you know. 
Um, you have to have regard for God. But the truth is God has to start from somewhere. And for all of Absolutely. us, it started from somewhere. And that somewhere was just as we were. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what the Bible says. And that, for me, that's what just as I am looks like. You know, uh, if you're waiting mm-hmm. till you are prim and proper, you're clean and you're tidy, you will never come to the Lord. If you are waiting for all all the things to align, there's one one thing we all usually joke about. Ah, God, we just wait first. Let me get married. Let me enjoy life first. When I get married, then we'll, become, <laughs> we'll talk about it. I'll be serious. But the truth is, there will never come a time when you are ready. There will never be a time when you're truly ready. So wherever you are, let your one day become today. You know, let that one day, one day you keep talking about, let it be right now. Let right now become that one day, because one day will never come. Um, But the, the point remains, God has to start from somewhere, and that somewhere is just as you are. Yeah, that's, I think that's, uh, that's very good. And I think at the end of the day, that's the heart of the theme of the song she wrote. I remember reading through the history and um, a little bit of the story that was told about the day she wrote the hymn was just the fact that, like you said, she was sick. She was definitely in pain, both physically and mentally. And then just remembering what a pastor had said to her, right? Remembering Mm -hmm. what a pastor had said to her, she she got um, triggered in a good way. (laughs) She got triggered in a good way and she went on to to write the hymn. And something I like from what you said is the fact that God has to start from somewhere. God has to start from somewhere. And uh, that's that's really an important message to share with people. Because for some people, mm-hmm. it's almost as though I'm, um, I'm done, right? There's, there's nothing. There's yeah. nothing I have to, to offer. There's nothing I have to give. And uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically just how they live their lives. Um, rejecting God's help, rejecting um, God's call, and just yeah, squandering your life in in darkness. Yeah. But then, like, um, yeah. just to ask for, let's say, someone who who listens to this, and uh, they're in a place where, I mean, many people get to hear different things. Um, many people get to hear different things. It's almost as though some people would say, oh, don't come to God just as you are. You have to change. I, almost as though, I don't know where you get healing from other than the Holy Spirit. But then if yeah. for someone who, who's listening to this, like who is in such a place, um, what would be the advice, like practical steps, probably from your own experience that you think a person can take to mm. submit themselves to God just as they are. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the truth is that there is no, there is no um, recipe, no special recipe to it. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really just, just as the, 
the lady said, just as you are, um, an example is, um, I remember, I, I've always been a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. I was born into a Christian home. The parents who serve in churches, <clears throat> elders, right, um, having morning devotions all the time. But then um, I started to make certain, certain things happen to me. And then I also happened to setting things or certain mm-hmm. people and life took it, took its toll. And so I was in that place where I was going to church. I had a relationship with God, but I was still living life the way I wanted to live it. And mm-hmm. then I would have moments in time where I would be like, ah, God, I really want to be serious with you, you know, and I would try and I would fail and I would try and I would fail again. Um, and there was a time where I was like, no, let's just, let's just carry on. But I remember sometime in um, 2018, I was homeless at the time <laughs> because I had left where I was staying and so I was couch surfing with a friend. And I remember I used to mm-hmm. be in my room all day studying and praying. I barely came out of my room. Um, but that was it, you know. But then after a while, I had to <clears throat> go somewhere else and I started misbehaving again. And I remember in 2019, January, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, oh my God, look at what I've done. Look at, you know, I thought I was on the right track, but then everything has become messed up again. And I'm, I'm so sad. I don't know what to do. And my friend was like, well, it's all right. You can start all over again. My friend prayed with me. And I remember I just felt led in that moment to go on a fast. And it was the beginning of the year. So a lot of churches were, you know, fasting. But my church at the time had not begun, began the, their own fast. So, um, I started the fast and then joined theirs when they started. And I remember that that became the beginning of, um, and I am not saying that everybody will have those um, start and stop, start and stop um, situations or episodes, but I'm saying mm-hmm. that you, if you always, if you, fi- if you're looking for an excuse to not come to the Lord, you'll find it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even yeah. after that, that, that reconciliation with the Lord, after a couple of months, again, I so many, some things came along, but I noticed that for every time I, I came back to the Lord like that, it, it was an improvement. It wasn't as bad as before. Right. But then mm-hmm. I think the, the final one that really, really, um, did me in was in 2020. Um, and I was like, you know what, let's do 100%. Let's not even do this thing anymore. And it just started just like that. You know, just like that. But then I would say that some of the things I, I did that really helped was listening to to sermons from um, from several preachers. And for different stages you are in your walk with God, um, there are certain um, conversations you need to hear, um, certain raw truths. I remember in 2020, one of the preachers that really helped me um, was... Um, Jerry Flowers and his wife, Tanisha Flowers. And I would listen to them day in, day out. And I remember I used to bombard my friends with links to their YouTube videos. Their YouTube videos were so good because they were just five minutes, six, seven minutes videos. They were quite short. So for me at the time, it was amazing because if it was much longer, I might not have been able to be consistent. But because they were quite short and straight to the point, I would just binge on them, right? and listen to them mm-hmm. very frequently. And mm-hmm. over time, 
as I got, my foundation became stronger in God. Um, I started to reach out and listen to other ones. I think my I was listening to Mike Todd at the time, um, and there were a bunch of other ones. And then there was my local church as well. But then eventually I joined another community towards the end of um, the year. All this I'm saying is that for someone who is feeling like um, they want to try again with the Lord, I want to say try again, not try your luck, like, oh, let's see what happens. You are truly committed to walking the mile with God. Just mm-hmm. start. It can be by listening to sermons. It, it can be with just reading one passage of the scripture. I want to say one passage. It can be one verse just yeah. as consistently as possible surrounding yourself with people who are of like mind one of the things that that damaged you know the progress i was making all those times i was trying was that i was surrounded by people who were not on the same page as i was right mm-hmm. so it was either the person i was living with was misbehaving as well and so even though i was trying my ear was being filled with darkness my eyes were being, you know, saturated with darkness because that was all I could see. That was all I could hear. Um, and then sometimes it was probably the person I was in a relationship with. We're not on the same page. Well, we're on the same page-ish, right, but not fully. Mm-hmm. So things like that have a way of eventually corrupting you. The Bible, I think it's the Bible that says it. Evil cor- communication corrupts good manner. Yes, it's the Bible that says it. And that's the truth. If you surround yourself with people whose darkness is stronger than your light, they will, they will pull you into their darkness. So if mm-hmm. you want to walk with God, you have to make sure that you purge your environment. You know, I'm not saying this card people but because you are in such a fragile state for some time you need to purge your environment and surround yourself with people that are on the same page as you who are either on a higher level of um, maturity in their work with God or at least are trying just like you are but preferably people who have you know gone ahead of you so that they can strengthen you and hold your hand because if you are working with people who are on this on the same level it will be it will be a lot of struggling. Um, so that's another um, thing that you really need to do. You need to purge your environment. The moment I started to surround myself with only people who were um, on fire for God, who were strengthening me, it became the work became um, more realistic. I wouldn't say easier, but it became more realistic, right? Uh, and then, mm-hmm. lastly, but not the least, is consistency and um, vulnerability with God. Um, One of the things that really helped me um, in that moment of just coming to the Lord as I was, was being able to be as vulnerable and honest with him as possible. I tell people that the things I can't even tell my family or my friends, I will tell God. Even the things that people feel ashamed. I don't know why some people feel ashamed to talk to God about certain things. Or they feel like some things are not meant for God's ears. God's ears are too holy to hear something. I tell him everything, <laughs> right? The way I'm mm-hmm. feeling, the things that I'm seeing. If I saw this, I will, see, I, will, I will see and I will tell him and I'll be like, oh my God, <laughs> so sorry. And I will laugh and I, I will literally sense him looking at me and smirking like, are you normal, this girl? <laughs> you okay, this best thing. But I would have laughs with God. I will, you know, laugh with him. I will cry with him. I will be angry. I will tell, tell him about my frustrations. Um, so, because if you are vulnerable and honest with God, what it does is that it does not give room 
for self-preservation or um, it does not give a room for you to have a reason to run away, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you try to hide, like Adam did, Adam and Eve did, they were hiding because they were naked, right? But yeah. when you when you when you have a reason to hide from God, it is easier for you to fall away. But when you are naked and unashamed before Him, right? Where are you running to? He has seen everything, no? you know. Um, so these are some of the tips that I know that are very practical in coming to the Lord just as you are. Consistency purging your environment and surrounding yourself with the right people, um, vulnerability and honesty with God, um, a daily practice that will help you um, know him better and love him better. Then, yes, like I said, listening to sermons or messages or reading books, depending on your strength, don't overload yourself in that first instance. If not, you will crash and burn. You know, little drops of water make a tiny ocean, a large ocean. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, thanks for that. Um, I was just thinking, uh, I think the person who made me come to really like this song would be Billy Graham. And that's, he did not sing this song, but if you listen or if you watch his sermons or his crusades, at the end of his crusades, that was like the song they would usually use for. Yeah all tackles uh, just as I am and just going through the history of the song it was written in 1835 and then yeah. almost a hundred years later in 1934 Billy Graham converted to he became born again basically and it's noted in history that um, that was also the song they used as an altar song that led to him um, yeah. being born again. And then over the course of his um, call as a minister, his crusades, they sang the song. And like something you stated earlier, this song became, or millions of people became exposed to this song because of Billy Graham. But then we have to go back all the way to the fact that Millions of people became exposed to this song because a lady in the 19th century decided to, to surrender herself to the Lord with all of her flaws, yeah. with her sickness. And I, I don't think she knew at the time that doing this would somehow support God's work 200 or yeah. almost a hundred years later or a hundred years later plus. So like, I, I would like to just touch on how God, when we trade in, uh, I think I like the song by Elevation Worship that says, he turns grave into gardens, right? So when we trade mm. in our pain and our suffering to God, he can paint such a beautiful picture out of it. I would just like you to touch on that as well. Um, that, that is so true. I was, there was, I don't, I don't know if it was a sermon I was listening to or a conversation I was having with someone sometime last year. And I was like, yeah, it was, it was a sermon I was listening to. And what it was about, um, when you come to the Lord and you lay, you, you give him your grief or you give him your sin or you give him, you know, 
all those things that need to be laid at his feet and he gives you mm-hmm. himself and it's such a that trading is if you were to look at it in um, normal investment um, by through a, the lens of um, an investor god is taking such a huge loss right like you're giving him something that is almost worthless and he's giving you something that is infinitely more valuable right mm-hmm. and i you can totally say that that is an amazing investment you are making it's a very good for you to just give the give the worst of it and get the best of it in return i feel like that is a, as wise a trade off as you can hope for you can possibly hope for um so why not why not why not give him something that is so um so not in your favor and take mm-hmm. something that will change your life forever for even generations to come um it's beautiful how like you said she was writing that song or leave not and it wasn't even really just about, like you said she probably didn't even know that writing that song will become that that song will become what it is today or what it became but it was from a place of surrender and um a place of submission to God and saying, God, okay, you know what? I'm going to face this thing head on and I'm going to renew my walk with you. Because the truth is, if we do things out of the agenda of, oh, this thing might be a big hit, let me write down this, my experience in my journal, just in case. <laughs> it might be that, you know, they will read it somewhere and um, <laughs> it might just make me a millionaire or <laughs> even when I'm dead, my grand will be known for these things um if we do it with the wrong intention it's obviously it has not been purified by the fire of god and it will lead you nowhere to only lead you to darkness but um when we when we always from a place of surrender hand over everything that um is in us that does not align with god and we hand it over to him it will, it's always a wise investment. It's always a wise investment. The Bible says it gives us beautiful ashes. It gives us beautiful okay, okay. ashes. And um, when when you come to the Lord and you give him these things, he doesn't just take them and keep them in a vault somewhere, right? There's this scripture. I don't yeah. know what that scripture. I don't know where the scripture is. It talks about the tears of the saints being stored by the Lord. I don't, I can't remember what scripture it is. When I read that scripture, I remember just feeling like, oh my God, our tears, he uses it as a mechanism. Or like an, it's almost like an engineering, uh, a work of engineering that, in, that, that becomes transformed to an elixir of healing and transformation mm-hmm. and so what god mm-hmm. what god does what the picture I, I i i see when i think of it is i don't know if you've heard of this um waste to power um device or mechanism where um food waste is being is turned into power or biogas or electricity yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, even like exactly <clears throat> Exactly. So you convert waste, something that is to be discarded, something that is not useful in any way, and it can be converted yeah. into so many infinitely use, more useful things, right? That's exactly what I think of when I think of, you know, you giving the Lord 
your pain, your sin, your darkness, and him giving you light and giving you joy and giving you wholeness. He converts these things and he milks out what is good within them because in our very in our in our in our sorrowful state we cannot see what is good about our current situation. It takes having the eyes of God, right? to see what mm -hmm. is good inside of that thing. And so what God does is he takes it from you because you don't have a converting catalyst. You don't have that catalyst that can convert it. You don't have that mechanism that can convert this thing from the latent power that is within it into the useful power. And so you give it to him because he has that mechanism and he takes that thing and he converts it to something that is so useful that you couldn't even think about it. An example is this. Um, you, you know this already, but someone might be listening to this and doesn't know. Oh my goodness, I just realized that nobody in my family knows, but <laughs> I was homeless for a couple of years. Um, and in that period of time, I, during that period, I was, I won't say, yeah, maybe forced into a season of depending solely on God for everything. Cause I was not just homeless. I was also without a, um, a paying job. God had asked mm -hmm. me to leave my job and also to start a business. And I remember that there were so many days where I was either very extremely hungry, extremely sick without being able to buy medication or just, it was just one thing or the other. But that year between 2020 and 2021, became the the i don't know it was as if i don't that picture that the, the bible paints of the wine press where the the wine is um the the grape is threshed and then the wine is extracted or if you see paint the picture of the threshing floor where the um, the wheat is threshed and then the grain is taken from it or if you think about um the olives and the oil is um pressed and then the the oil is extracted from it that's exactly what was happening to me during that season it was such a painful season right extremely painful but i remember the day the lord gave me the scripture in hebrews chapter i think 11 or 12 where it talks about um 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 <clears throat> the, the your pain being for a moment and it not being pleasant but it working mm -hmm. out um and bringing forth the fruit of righteousness peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it so that season, as painful as it was, became a threshing floor where God was mm -hmm. able to extract the useful things in my life, right, and give me mm -hmm. the gift of himself. And so um, to answer your question in a more, in, in, in a um, summarized way is that every single time you take that thing that, that seems so dark, so painful, and you give it to the Lord, he turns it around and he gives you something that is infinitely more valuable. And the reason why Absolutely. you cannot try to do that, you, can, you can't do it by yourself because you don't have the capacity within yourself, the ability within yourself to do that conversion because it's either your eyes can't see in that moment is, or your heart has not been purified or you are, mm -hmm. you know, they say that when you are in the heat of a thing, it is hard for you to see what is going on. It's only people that are seeing it from the outside that can be yeah. objective, right? But yeah. outside of objectivism, it's one thing to be objective, it's another thing to know what to do with it. And that's exactly yeah. what God does. He takes whatever is, you know, terrible and he converts it into an opportunity to be much more.
Yeah. So, um, going back to something you said when we initially started, in scriptures, in a couple of places, uh, I think the church was instructed to sing to God with psalms and hymns. And then just going back to the fact that you had mentioned how you you got into writing a song <laughs> when you started going yeah. through the hymn. So I'll just, yeah, if you could touch on that a little bit, basically just how songs are a form of, I wouldn't say escape, but salvation as a gift from God. Yeah, if you, if you yeah. touch on that. Yeah. If you touch on that. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is absolutely true. Um, I grew up reading a lot of hymns because in I don't know if your school did that, but my primary school and my secondary school, it was mandatory to have a hymn book. In fact, they used to flog us for not, if you didn't have your hymn book, you would be flogged. So there's this hymn called Jesu Meek and Lowly. I don't know if you know it. Jesu Meek and Lowly, save your blood. So there was that Why does that sound like a mixture all... of Yoruba and English? <laughs> no, Jesu. Well, Jesu is um, Latin. Okay. Jesu is Latin. I know it's also um, Yoruba as well, but it's Latin. That's how you say um, So it was Jesu, meek and lowly, savior, pure and holy. Uh, and there was another okay. one, all, all things bright and beautiful. It, yeah, I know that one. Such fonts. You know that one? All creatures well. great there and was all creatures great and small. There was Rock of Ages. Everybody knows Rock of Ages. There was um, New Every Morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that one? There was um, yeah. New Every Morning is Thy Love, hymn number four. There was um, uh, Jesu, my Lord, my God, my all. All these yeah, hymns. That one. And singing them over and over every single day. Not only did I memorize them, but the words of those songs took root in my heart and there were days when life was lifing and somewhere from wherever those songs had been dug deep into they would surface and grant me not just strength but wisdom right it was as if god was speaking to me through those songs and then i also um, grew up listening to my mom sing evil hymn she had we had this evil um, hymn book as well, right? And so mm. there were some hymns there, and I'd be like, oh my god, these hymns are so powerful. And some of the hymns were translated from English to Igbo as well, you know, but it felt so good to sing them in my native tongue. Um, but I remember I had always loved hymns, but when I joined my local church, my past, uh, uh, lead, uh, senior pastor's wife, uh, Pastor Koya Rappo, she really, really loves hymns a lot. She loves hymns so much. I don't think I've seen anyone who loves hymns as much as she does. Every time she wants to preach or she's, you know, she, she needs to preach, she will tell the choir that they need to sing. There's a hymn she has already told them from the morning of that day that they're going to sing for her. And she would sing it with such enthusiasm and passion and so much heart. And I was like, what's up with this woman and these hymns, right? But why I went through this, um, all of this is that the there's a place for hymns. Hymns have a way of, 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 I don't know, the equilibrium is the word that comes to mind, of, of just making you centered and rooted. There's no, that excitement that comes from, you know, all the other genres, it's not like excitement is wrong, but there's this 
ability to be solemn before the Lord and solemn before yourself. Where in the quietude of you know the song, even though you are hearing sound, but there's a quietness that causes you to really think about what you are singing, think about what you are saying, and be so meaningful. There's no all all the um, you know extra ad libbing and extra extraness that comes with other kinds of genres is not there so you you are forced to focus on what you are saying and what the lord is saying to you um in that moment and and what it does is not only does it help you to focus it helps you to be truthful it helps you to 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 connect with the heart of god in that moment it helps you connect with the truth of that song it's raw it's raw there's a rawness i remember as i was i was um singing the just as i am him and you know remembering what the, the story of what the woman had gone through, I was just crying because I was like, this is just so beautiful because this is exactly how we need to come to the Lord. This is so purposeful, so intentional, so filled with truth and light. There is no, there, there is no um, painting it to make it pretty. It's not pretty. It just is. And it's as raw as it is, it's able to hit you where it needs to hit you right and do the work that needs to be done and that's how i see him so the 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 hymn that the lord gave me um if you don't mind i'll just share probably like the first um verse yeah that's that's cool <clears throat> so it says um the words of the song are all that my pain may be fruitful all that my sorrows may yield fruit for you Oh God, that you may find rest in me, may I become oil pressed out for gladness. Oh, that my pain may be fruitful. Oh, that my sorrows may yield fruit for you. Oh, God, that you may find rest in me. May I become oil pressed out for gladness. That's it. There are two more verses, but... This I sang it over and over and over that again that day. Everywhere I was going, I was singing it. And all I could hear that let my pain be fruitful. Let my sorrows mm-hmm. eat yield fruits. God find rest in me. There was nothing that was distracting me from the purpose of the, the words of the song. It was I would find myself doing something and I would just be humming, Oh, that my pain may be fruitful. Oh, that mm-hmm. my sorrows may yield fruit for you, you know. Um, so at the end of the day, the, the hymns are as as much as we we have all these other genres that are beautiful as well that have purpose as well. He, the mm-hmm. place of hymns can never be overemphasized. And I think the mm-hmm. key point is that the rawness and the it's devoid of um, frills and um, um, add-ons that that will distract you from the message. So it helps you to, to be raw, to see the truth of the message and hold on to it. And even if you do mm-hmm. not even know the, the lyrics, you can just say the words and the words are just as powerful. 
you know, and they are mm -hmm. solemn. They help you to, to the solemnity of, of the songs. They help you to connect with the heart of the Father and to also see yourself for where you are and what you are and, and, and be humble and honest and come before the Lord and take what the Lord has to give you. That's so good. I really love the, the song you shared. It reminds me of a particular, I would read, there's a particular, I think it's verse 4, depending on which hymnal you're using. It says, uh, just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind, yes, all I need in thee I find, O Lamb of God, I come, mm. I come. So like where she said, all I need in thee I find. And then coming full circle with what you said about God finding a resting place rest, in us. Yeah. So it, it yeah. just reminds me of um, something I I heard from Esther. And uh, it's a quote by C.S. Lewis, apparently from the book Mere Christianity. So it's like you give yourself to God and between giving yourself to God and God finding rest in you, I believe this quote happens, and I'll read it. It's an excerpt mm -hmm. from the book. It says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you are not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hopes, hurts abominably, and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of, mm. throwing out a new mm. ring here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come in mm. and live in it himself. So, yeah, I think, yeah, mm. between... From bringing yourself just as you are to God finding a resting place in you, um, yeah. this happens basically restructuring and rebuilding. So it's that thing when people say you come to Him just as you are, but you're not just going to remain as you are. Yes, he's, yes. He's going to to do some work. He's going to, in C.S. Lewis's words, he's going to do a lot of change and rebuild. Yeah. from a little cottage into a palace that he intends to yes. come and live so, That's so yeah. true. That You just reminded me of something I was going to talk about briefly. Um, when I was reading the story of Charlotte, I think it was her brother or the pastor that spoke to her, but I don't know which one. But the, the scripture that was given to her was in John chapter 6, verse 37. And mm. it says, All that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me i will by no means cast out mm -hmm. yeah and um that was that was the foundation or the 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 courage she got in the word that helped her to go to the lord because jesus says anyone the father gives me i will not cast out however you come to me i will receive you and then i will do the work that the father you know, asks me to do because even even um, this 
the scripture that follows it says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will mm-hmm. of him who sent me. This is this is the will of the Father that I this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose mm-hmm. nothing, but should raise it up at the last yeah. day. And this yeah. is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. When I read that raising up, I was thinking about that building that, that C.S. Lewis was talking about, raising that yeah. building, raising up the yeah. stones, right? So you come to him as just one block or even just sand, and he begins to bring uh, you know, cement here. He begins to bring um, gravel here. He begins to lay your foundation. He brings the rods for reinforcement you know he starts to um, pour the concrete he starts to raise the walls of the house he starts to do the lintel he starts to build the courtyard you know but that is what he's saying he says come to me as long as the father has given you to me i will not cast you out but when you do come to me i will not begin the work of raising you up because that is what the father desires you know, and so for anyone who is listening, I just want to reassure you that is the desire of the Father. He wants you to come to Him, and His goal is that however you come to Him, you will not remain that way, and that over time, yeah. as you continue to submit to the work of Jesus Christ, He begins to raise you up into living yeah. stones. Yeah. You know, living stones that can take their place in Mount Zion in the city that the Lord is erecting for the age yeah. to come. So yeah, yeah, I wanted to um, share that. Yeah, that's that's so good. So, uh, just some last words, but then I would want you to do it all together. So there's one last thing I would like you to to speak on, and then just give your last words, and then you'd pray for the both of us, yeah, and every other person who would be listening. The last thing would be um, just something he said about how, but presently he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably. I remember a sermon I watched on T.D. Jakes and he was talking about when Jesus comes into your life and he starts uprooting stuff, right? Basically just touching on how it's it's, it's not going to be so comfortable in some situations because he, he starts uprooting things that should not be there and I'm talking about how he's like a farmer who he just uproots stuff because he has to plant, yeah. so he has to uproot stuff. So I would like you to just touch on that and then just give some final words. No, well, <laughs> see, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. So I, I work with concrete, and when you pour the concrete mix into the mold, you have to tap the mold. And when I say tap, not just tap, <laughs> sometimes you will hit it, <laughs> sometimes you use a vibrating machine and just uh-huh. beat the hell out of the mold so that the bubbles will rise up to the top because the bubbles create cracks. The bubbles okay. create cracks. So you have to tap the concrete so that all the bubbles, the air will rise up to the surface so that yeah. um, the 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 concrete will be will have room to be properly solidified so that there's no room for crack in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when I'm hitting this mold, this mold and the concrete will be like, yeah, <laughs> this girl wants to kill us. Why is she so wicked? <laughs> but what I'm doing will ensure that the concrete lasts. 
What I'm yeah. doing will ensure that the concrete does not become weak, you know, when yeah. it's curing. That is just one stage. The second stage is that when it dries, there's the curing season, where even though it's it's dry to the touch, there's a chemical process that ensures that it lasts longer, right? And so mm-hmm. sometimes I will not have to soak it in water for a while, and the concrete will be like, ah, now she's waterboarding me. <laughs> it's not enough that she beats me, now she's drowning me, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm doing this thing so that you will be stronger. The water you that the water inside of you over time when the water dries slowly, it makes you it's almost like um, uh, uh, antibodies, right? Mm-hmm. So that when you when 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 the time comes where the weather is because concrete expands and 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 contracts and constricts itself again, right? It expands mm-hmm. and then it it goes back. So but when all of that thing is happening because you've been put through this test, this strenuous test, you'll be able mm-hmm. to withstand it. The third thing that happens with this concrete is that I have to sand the rough edges out to smoothing the edges. And I'm sure when I'm smoothing the edges with this abrasive sandpaper, the concrete is like, oh my God, now she wants to injure me. Now she's bruising my body, <laughs> you know. But the truth is that I'm making it smooth so that it looks good and it does not cut other people. Because if you do yeah. not smoothing the edges, when someone else tries to touch it, it will cut you. Or it will Absolutely. it will ruin the surface that you put it up on top. All this thing, and it's funny how the Lord has so many, so many ways you can see examples in real life. That what God is doing within us is playing out in the life, in, in nature, in, in even the work we do. So as a human being, God is chiseling you. God is tapping out the, the bubbles in you so that you can be substantial. So all those gaps within you that will cause you to break in the future he removes it but the tapping is painful the tapping is painful but if you can focus on the fact that he's doing it for your good so that you will last so that you have longevity so you can have eternal life life that does not perish life that is not corruptible that is the reason why you have to go through that stress tests right so when he's he's putting you inside of the water it's almost as if he's drowning you it's so that he can it can build in you capacity to weather the storms that are going to eventually come in the future, right? He's putting mm-hmm. you through the test now in a controlled environment so that when you are out there in an environment that you can't control, you can still stand firm. And when he's smoothing you with abrasive things, things that are chipping away at you, and you're like, oh my God, this God is bruising me. He's trying to make you look presentable and beautiful, not just aesthetic-wise, but functionally, so that you don't cut people. Because some people, they've not been fully well-formed. And when other people now come in contact with you, you are so rough that you hurt them because you didn't allow God to smoothen your edges. You don't have finesse. You don't have finesse. You just because oh, I've been, I've been, I've been building myself in the Holy Ghost, so I just say anything I like, and you're not become so sharp that it cuts people to pieces. And it's not even a kind of cutting that brings them to the Lord. It's the kind of cutting that separates them from the Lord. So everything that the Lord, it's inevitable that the Lord is going to put you through a stress test. And if you've heard about what happens with people who make auto, um, companies that make automobiles or wristwatches, especially the quality ones, they have something called a stress test where they put that device or a machinery through the worst possible stress to see how much 
stress it can take before it breaks. And the mm -hmm. only only the, the vehicles or machines or devices that pass the test are allowed to be sold, you know. And that's yeah. exactly what the Lord does for us, so that we can be substantial, qualitative people. So that when we go out there and intermingle with the people of the world, because the Bible Jesus said, He says, I do not take them out of the world. They are not of the world, but they, they are going to remain here, right? But you have to intermingle with these people. The point is such that when you go out into the world and you start to mix with people and talk to people and share with people in your daily work, <clears throat> you will be an edifice a living yeah. epistle, an epistle that is telling the true story without contamination, without corruption, without um, um, jara. You are literally telling the story that God has written about life. Your story is truthful. Your story is faithful. There are mm -hmm. no lies. There are no, there's no jara. Right, as the Lord yeah. is giving it, is the way your your life is telling that story. Your life is a living sacrifice. Your life is a living episode. You know, so Amen. it is inevitable that you know all these things are going to happen. Anything that will last will be put through a stress test. There's something I usually tell people. I say because you know sometimes people like ah man, this your process is taking too long. I'm like it's not even long enough yet. That's the honest truth. If you the higher you want to build it build um, a house, the lower the foundations must go, right? So that is exactly what the Lord is doing with us. For us to ascend and to um, get to the heights, the stature, to attain the stature that God will have us attain in Christ Jesus, our roots must first go deep. And for that root to okay, go deep, okay. the farmer must uproot, <coughs> excuse me, uproot the weeds and ensure that the seed is buried in a way that the roots will extend into the ground and get um, nourishment. There is um, an explanation, um, there was an illustration Esther gave, if you remember, when she was talking about priesthood um, and how it begins with the cultivation of the land. And what happens is that yeah. before the land is cultivated, it is first cleared, yeah. cleared, yeah. remove the, the debris, you know, dig, uh, uh, um, dig into the ground, remove the weeds, remove stones and everything to prepare the ground for planting. So if God is uprooting things and uprooting things, he's not doing it because he likes to hurt you. He's not doing it because he likes to, to see you go through pain. No, he's doing it so that good can come out of you. He's doing yeah. it so that you can become that person, that thing that he, he always had in mind for you to become. The truth is that God loves you more than you can ever love yourself, more than you can even possibly imagine. And so everything God is allowing to happen to you or anything God is doing to you or with you or for you is so that you can become all that he has always destined for you to become. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's so good. <clears throat> That's so yeah. good. Thank you so much. So, yeah, we've come to to the end. So I would like you to just close us in prayers and, uh, yeah. Father, we just thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to, to just talk about you and the work you're doing within us. To talk about these hymns and the purpose of hymns. Nothing is by chance with you. Everything is very intentional. So we thank you for this opportunity and the intentionality of this podcast and the theme behind it. Thank you so much. We are grateful for this platform. Thank you for your son, Dan, whom you have used to birth 
this platform. Thank you for the inspiration that you have given to him. Lord, we just ask you that you will purify his intentions, that his posture, mm -hmm. the heart posture he has before you in carrying out this work will not be corrupted or contaminated by Amen. the desires of his flesh, that it will Amen. always be about you and about pointing others to you. Amen. Self and flesh will not come into the mix in the name of Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. And Lord, I, we just ask that you establish him and strengthen him to walk the walk and talk the walk, to walk the walk that he talks. Even for me, oh God, and for every speaker, any every guest that will come on this podcast to speak, that we will not just talk the talk, we will walk out, walk the talk, we will leave out the things that we are saying, we will be leaving epistles of the story Amen. that we are telling, and that when we tell Amen. people about you, and what you have done in our lives and how you have transformed us and how you are transforming us. We decree and declare that nothing of ourselves will remain or try to take Amen. the glory, but that everything will point back towards you 100% of the time. And I just pray for anyone who is listening right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you, God, will fill them with your light, that the light of Christ will come alive in them, that Christ will be born in them, that the joy of the Spirit will rest and tabernacle in them. And Father, as they come to you just as they are, they will not remain the same. Amen. They will not remain the same. For as many who are being courageous enough to take that first step and to come to you, Lord, you not only will you not cast them away, but the work that will begin in them will come to a perfect end. They will attain the stature of Christ to the point that when they look at themselves in the mirror, what they will, the reflection they will see is Christ Jesus. Father, thank Amen. you, God, for staying power, for strength and ability to remain strong and steadfast, even as you pull out the weeds as you pull things out and approach things and you chisel us and you, you use these abrasives on us that we will not get weary, that you Amen. will strengthen and uphold as many <clears throat> who are being subjected to the workings of the Spirit. Father, help all of us that we will be not only submitted to you, but that we will walk hand in hand in, with you to bring to fruition the divine design of our lives. Father, Amen. help us, help us, help us, help us that that story that is being told from just as we are and to just as we will become, that Amen. that story will be told. And as that story is being told, glory and honor will be to you. Our minds Amen. will be renewed, our lives will be transformed, and indeed Amen. this world will... And all the nations will become the, for the Lord God Almighty. <clears throat> and the mountain of the Lord will indeed be established on the mountains of the earth. And the kingdoms Amen. of this earth will become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And in Amen. the age to come, we will become stones, living stones that make up the city that is Zion. Thank you, Father. Thank, Thank you for you, establishing these words in our hearts. Thank you, Amen. God, for the ability to be consistent on this path. None will Amen. fall away. None that the Father has given you will be lost. You will not Amen. lose any that the Father has given to you. Thank
thank you, Father, for, for surrounding each one of us and anyone who is currently struggling with people of like mind, people who will hold them and uphold them. Thank you for the people Amen. you are raising in this day Amen. and age to advance the work of your kingdom. In Amen. Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 No, I just realized I did not uh, introduce you. <laughs> Because it's not about me, yo. You did not know that Have the Holy Spirit was, was doing his own thing. Nah. Those people were like, you know, it's not about this person. It's about me. Well, yeah, thank you. For, uh, yeah. Thank you for, yeah, thank you. Anyways, confidence, thank you for being here. Thank you. I really it appreciate it. It was my absolute pleasure. I had so much fun and um, I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. The honor and the opportunity to be the first guest on your show. Woo! Come on now. So good. <laughs> I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank You're you very welcome. much. Thank God. God bless you.